favorite scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? For fun? Most people are so have been taking place at a sinister factory. Prepare yourself for a trip into the unknown, the mysterious, and the unexplainable. Prepare yourself for the attack of the octopus people. Fear will pierce your flesh as you witness the invasion of body-snatching monsters from the depths of the ocean. Attacked by a malevolent cephalopod. See the policeman who stood up to the monster. See the greatest scenes ever shot underwater. So terrifying a film that a nurse will be on duty in your theater in case your nerves cannot stand the shock of the attack of the octopus people. Two cog-sized thumbs up, says Bob Burns. Attack of the Octopus People charmingly flaunts its lack of budget with the healthy sense of the ridiculous. Josh Kennedy obviously has old movie savvy and the film's self-awareness is infectious. Larry Blantmeyer. Don't be a hero. I just want to tell you, I love you. Attack of the Octopus People. A film so terrifying, you won't believe it's a movie itself. Do not dare see it alone. Rated G. Experiment has entailed. The experiment 
has disfigured me. Our experiment has only just begun. We must have patience. You deliberately began experimenting on his body without any knowledge or permission. If the whole world waited for permission, we would all still be rotting in the Stone Age. Be content with the fact that your husband is helping the world in the most tremendous way. The world of you? The world of Vesuvius? I hate you. I hate you! He's been transforming under our noses the entire time. How? How is that possible? You said it was impossible. I know what I said, but you see the evidence with your own eyes. He's gone. What are we gonna do? We've got to find him, Paul. We've got to find him no matter what. in my mic how does that sound very good all righty we are recording so welcome to inside movies galore this is episode 47 and here we have in the room to interview uh director joshua kennedy who is a young man from uh, who originally is from why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh josh well, I'm originally from deep south, south, south Texas. Basically, I'm 15 minutes from Mexico, basically as far south as you can go in Texas. And uh, well, thank thank you for having me on, on the show. I'm a pleasure to be here. Most definitely. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into doing films and where do you gather your inspirations? Well, I'm a, I mean... I made my first really crappy little movie when I was five years old. So I always joke, or my mom always jokes, that I came out of the womb with a camera. And uh, <laughs> um, I watched the original Ten Commandments. Apparently, this is the story that I've been told, that when I was three years old, I watched all three and a half hours of Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments. Well, and the, the, origi after the original, that, original, or the 50s one? The the 1956 one with Charlton Heston. Ones um, are older than that. Oh yeah, I mean the the 1926 version, but um, no the 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 1956 one, which is three hours and thirty nine minutes. And apparently, as a three year old, I watched both VHSs, took the first VHS out of the TV and put in the second VHS, and continued watching. And uh, I guess I was corrupted ever since. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, Became a huge lover of classic films, fantasy films, larger-than-life spectacles, and that's basically where where it all began. Awesome. So, um, uh, what were some of your uh, bumbling films uh, before you st uh, started in, in on uh, Attack of the Octopus People? Well, the, the first one was It Came From the Bathroom, which is about this giant 
tennis ball that came out of my toilet and attacked all my little toy wooden soldiers. And there was some stop motion animation and he came out and attacked. It's basically, it came from beneath the sea, but with a giant radioactive tennis ball. And then, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was, it's pretty ridiculous. And one summer, um, my mom grew some, sunflowers in the backyard that grew way too tall than they were supposed to be. I mean, these things were like 18 feet tall. And that entire summer, I just made at least 15 to 20 movies, and I called them Triffids. And so it was the day of the Triffids, then it was night of the Triffids, and these sunflowers would come and attack and attack me and my sister. So there's always been a weird, strange monster feel to all of my films and yeah and then attack of the octopus people was i did that when i was 15 i was a sophomore in high school and that was uh the pinnacle of my childhood filmmaking skills coming to the forefront okay and uh where did you film uh, attack of the puppet or attack of the octopus people (laughs) attack of the puppet people (laughs) um (laughs) I saw where you're going with that. Um, uh, all, all here in, in my high school, used all of my high school friends, high school teachers, my family, my relatives, cousins, grandparents, neighbors. It was all shot entirely down here in South Texas in my hometown, in my house, in my friend's house. And um, yeah, it's basically, it's it all started there. I mean, the, the it all went downhill after, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I understand that, um, and uh, uh, you you can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I understand that uh, you ultimately went to Pace in New York, and from what I understand, they have an actors guild nearby. Now, have you pulled some of your actors from there? Oh, definitely. I mean, I was lucky in um, with. uh, Oh, and I'm sorry. uh, We were talking about Ten Commandments earlier. It was 1923 instead of 1926. Sorry. Um, There's my my what is it's not a grammar Nazi. It's like a film Nazi. It's like it wasn't 26. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, Anyway, sorry. Going back. Um, I was lucky with with Pace because that's where they shoot um, inside the actor's studio. That show that comes on every once in a while with. I'm blanking on his name. The guy with the Will Ferrell makes fun of him all the time on SNL or used to. And like, there's like, what is, how is acting inspired oh. you? And they always have important James actors Lipton. coming in. There you go. Yes. James Lipton. And so th- that's cool about pace. And anyway, there's the whole acting program there that I just tapped into um, for my films. And lucky enough, I mean, it's a mutual relationship. At least that's how I see it, where they, they want to get, stuff for their reels for their resumes and i need people to be in my stuff so it it, it works out um cool. or it worked out cool so uh uh and uh once you had completed attack of the uh, uh, puppet or attack of the octopus people uh <laughs> i could keep uh, um but uh, attack of the octopus people uh what what um uh, what was your final reaction to the final cut well, it it uh, it was made completely for fun. I mean, it was. I thought the most that I would ever see would be a few family barbecues and let's all gra- gather together and set the projector up and watch it. 
and just like for parties and stuff. But uh, people, as I was showing it, and it's it's admittedly crude. I mean, it's done by a 15 year old and his high school buddies. <laughs> And I mean, but that, that's kind of the, the, there's a sort of charm to it. Look, I haven't watched it in a while, but every time I watch it, I was like, you know, there, there's some charm. I mean, not to stroke my ego, but I mean, it's for a 15 year old who doesn't know what, what he's doing. It's kind of hilarious. And I think some some of my older friends uh, realize that. I mean, relatives are like, you. this really should, should get out there. And I was lucky enough to um, send it off to alpha entertainment alpha new new cinema alpha i can't believe i don't know the, the name alpha new cinema and uh they, they were enthralled by it and they immediately wanted to put it out steve kaplan and brian cray are the, the two guys that are that work there and uh they they were enthralled and they put it out on dvd within a year and it was like whoa okay this is going to be seen by a by a wider audience cool who, who would have thought uh, Next, you did uh, Curse of the Insect Woman. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is about? Well, that one is basically, it's, I don't know if either of you have seen um, Cult of the Cobra. It's an old, it, okay, cool. Um, it's, it's basically that, and it's these, a reworking of that story. It's these high school friends, and it's basically the same cast and crew of Attack of the Octopus People. We shot it the, the following year, and um, these high school buddies come back together to have a high school reunion, and unknowingly, they fall upon this secret cult that worships the insect woman in the town, and they become cursed by the cult, and this evil ancient insect woman starts killing them off one by one. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, um, what, uh, what type of film did you, uh, uh, film the, uh, the, uh, films on? Uh, was it Super 8 or was it, uh, something relatively di oh. different in stock? Oh, com compl I mean, this was all done on a $20 Target camera, a digital, okay. completely digital. And, um, I've been lucky enough to shoot on film once and it makes you appreciate digital so much more and just, but, um, I mean, that's, I mean, of course you can't, there's stuff with film that you can do that you can never do with digital, but, uh, working with film, I, I did that in school. I took 16 millimeter film class and it was just like, Whoa, this is such a lost art. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, every, every film I've done, it has been on digital, but be, mainly because it's just so cheap. And I mean, that's <laughs> at, the, at the bottom, at the end of the day, what, what's going to be cheaper to do is 57 takes on, not that I would ever do 57 takes, but uh, 57 takes on digital or, you know, 57 takes on a reel of film. It's, it's the, there's no, no contest. True. Alrighty. So, um, uh, how was, um, uh, where was your uh, where was the curse of the insect women uh, or where was it filmed again it was a, every every film I've done has either been in South Texas here okay. and so that was in South Texas or there was my New York period when I was in school there and so it's between between Texas and New York you, you can get your pick <laughs> totally understand uh, mm. Dane, why don't you uh, 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 see if you can uh, ask uh, Well, first off, um, <clears throat> so you said uh, Attack of the Octopus People, which um, 
I wonder, was that a conscious choice? Because um, in Gremlins 2, the new batch, they're showing Octoman, uh, but <laughs> he mistakenly calls it yes. Attack of the Octopus People. Yes, I, I was aware of that. But even even before, I mean, I, I will take criticism for that. Uh, but when I was like four or five, I wrote out this story called Attack of the Octopus People, just the title alone without having seen Gremlins. And so I'll, I'll say that that was the inspiration for that. And it just so it was like a perfect, lovely coincidence then because uh, Octoman is one of my favorites. And I was like, oh, cool. It's <laughs> they named it Attack of the Octopus People. Um, so that that's just a super random coincidence, but a lovely mm-hmm. coincidence. Uh, let's see. Well, that's uh, I thought it was neat just because if you know that fact that it's called Octoman, not Back of the Octopus People, then um, it uh, you know it's just kind of neat to see the actual film that's mentioned, see it come to life for real. Um, mm-hmm. And I take it based on the titles uh, that you're very much into, like the. Would you say you're more of like a monster, a quote unquote monster movie person or a horror movie person? Because it, those two things are not necessarily the same because, yeah, mo- monster movies can be sci-fi. They can be like giant monsters. They can be horror movies. They can be any number of things. I I would say that's a great question. Um, I'd say more in the the vein of the fantastic, like fantasy would be more my, my, even though something like Curse of the Insect Woman is much more horror than let's say Theseus and the Minotaur or something. But I, I, I like the the fantasy title more. If you, if you could agree Mm. to that. Um, Would you ever want to do something along the lines of like a Sinbad movie or something like that, you know, or like a Ray Harryhausen type of thing? Well, that's a perfect segue because that was my my last um, my last movie was Theseus and the Minotaur, which was a total Harryhausen, Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonauts type mm-hmm. movie with uh, stop motion animation, and that that's like just I love that that the stop motion, the Harryhausen feel of a, an adventure film. I I love that so. Um, so the per- perfect segue, uh, but, Dane. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, that mean, was my um, last one. Do you feel like you are able to uh, make these films that you believe in that obviously stem from the past and make them relevant to people watching today? Or do you think that they're for people who appreciate those same films that you do? Or, you're just, or are you just like, well, I like this, so I'm going to make it and... The audience will come. Um, uh, I like that that last choice. Is I've, I don't really think about whether someone's going to like it or not. I mean that that does come into play, but that's not the, the reason that I would uh, make something. I mean with Theseus and the Minotaur. I mean, like I said, with Attack of the Octopus people, I was like, I'm just making this for me. This is going to be fun, and then, like you said, they they will come. Build it, and they will come. Um. They, the audience will come, but uh, <laughs> um, and but I, I do think that the audience that will appreciate my films more would be the the audience that knows the the original. Does that make sense? Like, the, the, I think there's 
there would be much more appreciation for those who know the Harryhausen films than someone who doesn't. But, um, well, I well, mean, that and uh, to each their Lloyd own. Kaufman of Troma would say, well, not well, he'd say two things. He would say to make a film you believe in, and if you make something that's good, the public will find it. You know, so it sounds like from from the sounds of it. things, it seems like you're doing exactly that, which is great because. You know, as a filmmaker, you need to do things that you believe in. Mm-hmm. Do you I completely feel, agree. Well, do you, do you feel you've been able to uh, no. replicate certain locations while still keeping things more or less in your own backyard, or do you tailor the stories around where you happen to be? It's mostly I tailor it to to where I happen to be. Um, because I look, I mean, living in the the deserts of South Texas, I have a desert just you know forty minutes away. So we we filmed there, and that was our ancient Greece. Or an hour in a, the opposite direction, you have the Gulf of Mexico, and that was our Mediterranean Sea for Theseus. But then, I mean, compared to when I was in school in New York, everything we did a modern Dracula that was stalking the streets of, of New York city there. And I, but I, I think it's, it's the Roger Corman school of filmmaking where it's let's use what we have. Let's use who we have and let's use what budget we have. To well, and, and again, we can. Lloyd's a huge, uh, I bring him up a lot cause he's a friend of mine, but uh, he's a big, big fan of Roger Corman and they know each other and admire each other's work. So you're kind of in the mold of the people who are tried and true with, uh, with independent filmmaking. Sweet. Well, thanks. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah, cool that you're, you're friends with him. That's awesome. a short film of mine that'll be coming out hopefully uh, this month. And uh, I've uh, one of the, I've been working with him on a couple other things, and I just keep him up to date on what all. I'm doing. But um, yeah, he's a great guy. Sweet. If you've ever. If you ever want to meet him at a convention or whatever, more than happy to, uh, you know, make new friends and new contacts. Oh, how cool. That's, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Alrighty. So, um, uh, your next film was uh, Voyage to the Planet of Teenage Cave Women. Why don't you tell oh, us geez. about that little video <laughs> short? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think the title says it says says it all. Uh, no, um, we did. I did um, the summer before that. My uh, well, two summers before that, my drama teacher in high school allowed me to direct something for the stage. And um, we did The Brain That Wouldn't Die. I adapted The Brain That Wouldn't Die for the stage. And then the second year, we did King Kong on stage. And the main reason Teenage Cave Woman came about was I had all of these fur bikinis left over from King Kong for all the, the native girls. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's do a Italian sci-fi cheesy women on a deserted planet movie and that's how voyage to the planet of teenage cave woman was born <laughs> cool and uh uh where uh, where did you film that one uh, also in texas as well oh yes yes i want to say that was the last one before school or second to the last one but that was that was in the good old deserts of texas the, the texas mexico border 
Cool. Uh, and uh, uh, how were you, uh, were your actors and actresses changing by uh, uh, by then? Were you getting more? Were you getting less? I mean, it, it's it's um, some some of the people from Attack of the Octopus, but like the, I try and keep a, a nice stock cast. I, I like to use the same people over and over again. But I, I mean, I'm always looking for new talent and friends to to help out with. But um, I want to say the people that were in that were just a mixture of people that were in my previous movies and the, the shows I directed, the shows I was in. Um, I was in one, a production of King Lear and uh, my main, one of my main actors in that was from King Lear. So I got him in that. Um, so you enjoy uh, go, uh, going and doing live stage productions of things as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, anything that, that gets the creativity flowing, I'm, I'm probably going to be there. Very cool. Um, and uh, next, I see that you did uh, the Menace with Five Arms. Why don't you tell yes. us a little bit about that film? Well, that was um, that's my giant. It's a how do I? I there's a tagline that I always use. It's um, let me try and remember it. It's uh, the story of a boy and a girl and the giant prehistoric starfish that comes between them. It's uh, it's this small town sheriff who falls in love with a scientist and they discover that millions of years ago, a giant starfish got sealed away in a cave in the desert. And now it's back for revenge and is sucking the water out of people. That's it's basically it's it's tarantula meets the monolith monsters meets the beast from 20,000 fathoms. OK, very, very. Very 50s giant monster on the loose. <laughs> a, a little bit of Jaws thrown in, too, for good measure. <laughs> so, um, uh, now, this uh, this film was actually filmed in New York, correct? Yes, that was, that was my freshman year of college. So it was half and half. Shot half in Texas during the summer, and then when I went up for... My first year, it was shot there. So it's uh, some nice production value of desert and then city going back and forth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. Um, did your actors ch ch change in this uh, film just slightly because you added some people from uh, Pace or, or whatnot? Uh, yes, it was, a nice, it was a nice mixture of, of both worlds where I had some people, uh, my friend Josh uh, and my, my friend Alex, they, they were in Attack of the Octopus People and it was cool to have them come back for, for this one. And then I had some, some friends who were in New York that were – we we juggled back and forth. It's constantly constantly changing cast, and uh, but it, it was nice to have some some familiar faces. And uh, how was the reception for the film? It was uh, it's was interesting because, and I looking back on it now, I, it was very it's very talky um, for those at home who might have seen it. For those keeping score at home, it's 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 uh, it's a little talky. And it's a bit more of a, like a family drama, rom romance, a gothic romance than a giant monster movie. But that was, I mean, with every film, I, I like to think of every film as an experiment. And if you're, you're not willing to, you know, try new things or try something completely different and just go for broke. Um, I mean, I think that that's what every film 
should be. I mean, that's my my philosophy anyway, where it's like, you know what, let's try this. Let's try, why don't we try this and see what works, see what doesn't. And um, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting film. It's a, a little talky, but uh, I mean, people seem to like it, so. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, Dane, why don't you ask um, him about the next? Let's see. Um, sorry, where are we? All right. Slave girls um, on the moon. So yeah, that one is <laughs> next one is the night is young. Um, is that like a music video? Yes, that's um, a music video with Hammer Star Martine Beswick. Is it? And um, yeah, that was one of the great moments of my life. <laughs> I um, always been a huge Martine Beswick fan. Martine was in. From Russia with Love and Thunderball with Sean Connery, the two James Bond films. And she was also in Dr. Jekyll. She was Sister Hyde in Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde and One Million Years B.C. with Raquel Welch. And she was my uh, my go-to um, lady in uh, my prepubescent years, my pre-adolescent years. And she was the poster on my wall. And, you know, I looked up to her. Anyway... Come, come 2014, 2013, whenever this was, she was at the Monster Bash convention in Philadelphia, which is a fantastic convention. And um, she was there and I had this insane idea to go up to her and ask her to be in a music video. And all she had to do was sit there and I would dance around her and sing my heart out or lip sync my heart out to her in, in love. And... Um, she graciously agreed to take 10 minutes out of her time on her lunch break to be in this. And she was completely floored and blown away by what we did in 15 minutes. We shot the whole thing in 15. I had everything storyboarded out, knew exactly what I wanted. And we became friends ever since. And it was, I mean, it was huge dream come true for her just to be in that. And it's a ridiculous two, three minute video. You can find it on YouTube. And um, yeah, that was... A big step for me. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, uh, Slate Girls on the Moon. Uh, yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, where, uh, where you filmed it and uh, how you, uh, how your relationship with your cast was? Well, that one that the Slate Girls on the Moon is actually um, the first fully New York film, even though we don't take advantage of New York at all because it's all set on the moon, um, which is a mistake on my part, but, you know, whatever. And um, it was shot entirely at my school, at Pace University, my school, which doesn't look anything like a moon prison, but, you know, I was determined to get this movie done, and I did. And it was... Um, Again, like like I said before, I wanted to do something completely different. I was getting into this, and I still am in this giant monster 1950s realm. And someone came up to me at the Menace with Five Arms premiere, the giant starfish movie, and asked, you know, Josh, what's the next giant monster you're going to do? You did octopuses, you did octopi, you did uh, giant insect woman, you did a giant starfish. What's your next uh, giant monster? And that started my brain going. It's like, you know what, let's do something completely different. And what could be more completely different than a giant monster, but a women in prison film on the moon, which actually does it. And there is a giant octopus in that movie too. So, <laughs> um, and it's, um, 
it's mostly a, almost 98% female cast. I think I'm the only male. There's a few. The guards are all men. And uh, I'm the evil warden. And these women in the year 8888 try and break out of their prison on the moon. And it's ridiculous and just absolutely insane. And uh, I noticed you grew your uh, Geico caveman hair out. Yes, yes. Um, oh, yes. Uh, my Geico caveman hair, my Geico caveman beard. And I'm doing a James Mason impersonation from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And it's it's ridiculous. There's a my friend Carmen Vintage, a lovely actress. She plays – her character is named Penny Pajardov, the pineapple pitcher. And she can throw pineapples. That's her specialty. She throws pineapples. So it, it's, it's really many ridiculous and uh, completely – Yes, that's that's a great question, <laughs> and, and the whole the whole the whole movie revolves around the the girls putting on a talent show, and while the talent show is going on, they're trying to distract the guards who are sex starved, and they they are, they they put on a talent show, and while the talent show is going on, they're digging beneath the stage to go through the air vents to to escape, and it's it's fun, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't watched it, it in a while. How was its reception? Oh, that that was it, that was the reception was intriguing, and in that everyone it was one of the first films that everyone was just the the roof came down. At least at the premiere, um, with the roof just came down with people laughing and cheering, and that was a very enthusiastic premiere. Cool. Alrighty. And uh, next, I see uh, you di- uh, did a, uh, a, f- a film in the like of uh, air- air- airport or airplane uh, called yes. Airline 79. Yes. So I think you can see that there's a trend where it's, uh, I mean, the summer before Slave Girls on the Moon, I was obsessed with women in prison films. And I just was eating those, the big bird cage, the big dollhouse, caged heat, chained heat, all of those. And then the next summer, I was obsessed with the airport films for some strange, abominable reason. So airport, airport 75, airport 77, airport 79. I mean, that was, there was just, I ate those things up. And for some reason that, that following semester, I wanted to do an airport film so we took over a hallway at Pace University and put some chairs in it, and that was our plane. And um, <laughs> it's uh, the reception on that one was quite interesting because people actually got really into the characters. And uh, I mean, part of me was like, "Look how cheap this looks!" I mean, it's it's we're in the hallway, we're in my dorm room. I mean, it's we have a tiny little plane on a string. That's the plane. But people, it was very surprising and endearing. And I guess a, a testament to to the, the actors involved, where people were like, "This is this, the characters are actually really well done." I was like, "Oh, okay, you're willing to look past the 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 low the not low budget, the no budget uh, feel to this film." So I um, that 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 was a lot of fun. Again, shot That's completely like the, at, uh, at Pace University. The bit in uh, <laughs> whatever I'm thinking of uh, Ed Wood, where he's like, "Where's the airplane set?" You're standing. You're, you're standing in it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite scene in that. That. Yeah. that well, no, I take it back. The fighting the octopus with Bill Lugosi. That's my favorite scene. 
but but yeah. uh, sir, where where's the cockpit? You're Love standing it. in it. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, next I see that y- you did the, uh, Vesuvius experiment. Yes. And we shot Vesuvius. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That is actually my favorite. Uh, is it? Newer film. Oh, oh right. Fun, believe it. And why, why, uh, why is it your favorite? Go ahead. Because out of all of the, uh, out of all of the, uh, uh, them, even though I know it was somewhat uh, done in the uh, in the limelight of uh, the quarter mass experiment, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that uh, that one works really uh, worked really well for you. Oh, at least thank you. Um, and uh, I've actually watched it several t- uh, times since I uh, since I picked it up. So. Oh, I'm <laughs> delighted to hear that. At least I've, I mean, as long as someone is enjoying it, that that makes my heart warm. So thank you, I appreciate that. Um, but in any way, why, uh, why don't you tell us how you got involved with that uh, film? Well, that one we shot back to back with Dracula AD twenty fifteen. 14 2015 and um basically my to go back to your previous question about my cast my cast of actors had grown so large at pace because we had all these acting majors and all these people who lived in new york and i wanted to utilize all of them and i was like i don't there's way too many people to for me to use all of them in one movie so i split them up and made two movies the same semester and we did this really dark quatermassy black and white frankensteiny vesuvius experiment and then we did this very colorful music filled 70s groovy dracula film and the vesuvius experiment is about a man who takes it upon himself to he's convinced global warming is going to destroy the world and he is convinced the oceans will rise and the only way for mankind to adapt is to learn how to breathe underwater and i guess he starts experimenting on patients at a local asylum and things in typical you know horror movie fashion get out of hand and the creature escapes into the night and <laughs> yes, as you, yes, you you can you can you can see where where this is where this is going. Uh, <laughs> it just worked really well for uh, for uh, for the storyline, and I oh, think it uh, I think uh, it had elements of you know uh, like uh, like the Invisible Man or, yes. or, or, uh, or something of that uh, that uh, with a little bit of uh, what is it. Uh, uh, escape mental patient atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to have escape mental patient atmosphere. How do you know about my biography? I know. Hey, now. Well, actually, I am. Um, <laughs> without saying too much, I actually played a mental patient in a movie um, la- this uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah, I did. Actually, I. I will be able no to way. say exactly what it is once they add my credit on IMDb. But um, yes, I got to play a mental patient, which is not too far of a stretch from my actual life. Oh, nice. But, you know, I hope I don't get typecast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I stole the scene. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Dracula AD, AD, AD a, little, uh, a little bit more? What uh, what's, uh, what's the storyline a, a little bit? Well, it's uh, when, in, when to – I've always been a fan of the Hammer Dracula. I mean, I'm a huge Hammer film fan, as I mean the Vesuvius, as all of my other films can attest. But um, Dracula AD 1972 holds a special. I know some people don't like it, but it has a special place in my heart. And I had always wanted to make a Dracula movie, and uh, I had never found the right Dracula. I was like, we need to find because. There's no one I know who could pull it off. And one day I'm walking down the hallway at Pace University and this tall, gigantic, Dracula-looking man comes out at the the classroom next door to me. And I stop him in the hall and I was like, I need you. I don't know who you are. My name is Josh Kennedy, though. And I would like you to play Dracula in my next movie. And his name was Zander Pretorius. And as soon as he told me that, I was my... The back of my head exploded because I was like, who has a name like Pretorius and <laughs> who is not <laughs> Ernest Thesiger and, you know, Brad of Frankenstein. Um, but apparently he had seen uh, my films on, on YouTube and he, he knew of me. He was friends with my sister. And as soon as I mentioned Dracula, he was in his tall, dark voice. It was just like, I would be honored, Mr. Kennedy, to be a part of this. And we became very good friends and, uh, that 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 was that, and um, well, as I understand, uh, you've uh, you've actually starred your sister in some roles in your films as well. So oh yes, you, she you, um, uh, obviously work well with your sister. Yes, she. I mean, even from age five, she was constantly in my movies as the person getting killed off or the someone someone holding the camera. So she knows above anyone else how my mind works, and. Uh, She's actually a pretty good actress in her own right. So she was um, the 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 love interest, not my love interest in Dracula, but uh, the the main heroine in uh, in Dracula. And she's she's made appearances in other one, but that that was her her big role, uh, the damsel in Dracula. And we played brother and sister in in Dracula, so that so that was nice. Cool. So uh, at least you're able to uh, to get your pa- uh, family involved in your fil- uh, films as well and make it. Uh, oh yes, family. Yes. Oh. Um, and uh, next, I see you were uh, you did uh, Night of Medusa. Yes. In 2015. And uh, how did you get involved with that project? It was um, basically, I mean, being, again, being the Hammer fan, the, the Gorgon is my favorite film of all time. I mean, I've said that 10 million times, but uh, <laughs> I realized I was like, well, after Hammer Dracula, what's there to do but to do my own Gorgon story? So it's the way I describe it is the Gorgon meets Stephen King's Carrie meets what's the other one I always mention? Um, meets. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. But say again. Sorry. Jennifer. Meets Jennifer. There was a there was a, a, a similar uh, film back in the seventies uh, uh, to uh, Carrie that uh, that was called Jennifer that I came across. Uh, across that came oh, really? Oh, I've never seen. Yeah, that. Uh, you should de- uh, definitely check it out. Even though uh, even though p- uh, people at the time th- uh, 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 thought it was uh, 
uh, ripping off uh, Gary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, I'll have to it, look it's it up. Definitely interesting. So, uh, but um, you, uh, you you filmed this one in New York. Yes, and we we used extensive. Uh, Location work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art because there's a giant statue of Perseus holding Medusa there, and so we, yeah, that was we lucked out with that. And um, I have no lines of dialogue in that film. Surprisingly, fun fact, uh, that was another experiment because people were like, "Josh, you always cast yourself in your movies," and I was like, "Because I'm the only one I can trust to show up every day, uh, so I'll, I'll give myself the most lines." But. Um, that was an experiment. I was like, what if I just, you know, stay in the shadows in this one? And uh, we have the lovely Haley Zega uh, is Elaine Carlisle, and she might be possessed by Medusa. And um, it's 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 one of my darker films, let's say that. All righty. I can see that. So, um, and uh, how was the film's reception? Uh, oh, and how was uh, Dracula's reception as well? Oh, Dr- Dracula, Dracula has had a great reception we've uh that one's on youtube and i mean do we have hammer fan i've gotten e- emails from people people in australia who have watched it hammer fans who have just been enthralled by it so that that's always good to know medusa has has um divided some people who who consider it to be too dark or it's too gritty but i mean that that's that's what i was going for it's i mean you can't do stephen king's carry without you know that dark, ugly feel. And that's, that's what I wanted. And people like it. People don't, people have said it's my best work and people now, don't care fans, for it, but you know, are your fans generally, I, it is what it is. And, dark uh, and edgy. I had fun like, it. Depends on the kind of person, I guess, who's making the movie, because then you have someone, uh, I don't know. It's just like relative to expectations because like if someone is known for doing dark and edgy stuff then they do something kind of happy or they do something that's not that then people freak out like um well like well like rob zombie's doing that uh groucho marx movie exactly Um, yes yeah he's doing well it's doing it's kind of a comedy drama based on uh no way a biography of of groucho marx and uh yeah yeah he's doing it but um which is awesome are you serious like it was finally he's expanding his repertoire but you know, well, but you know how it is, though, with people like they. I I'm all about yes. people growing and changing and evolving and doing things. But then other people are like, he can't do a drama movie. He can't do that. You know? so it's like, which is it? You know, do do you ever face those kind of um, yeah challenges when you want to do something different than what people expect? Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, and but at the end of the day, I'm going to end up doing what I want. I mean, that's might kick me in the end, but um, but uh, like, like like you said, it's almost like when Robin Williams does does drama or like he tries to to be in horror movies. It's like it does it doesn't feel right. So I I can see where some of my 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 fans or aficionado fans um when they they because I I mean most of my I'd say ninety percent of my stuff is very lighthearted and. It's a giant monster. It's black and white. We're doing the airport films. And then suddenly it's like, oh, crap. It's a girl being teased and she gets assaulted. It's like, oh, this is different. But um, so I can understand where, where that, that divide comes. But I, I agree with you. I think 
directors should have that the chance to try new things. I mean, if they don't, if they can't try new things, how do we know? Like maybe Rob Zombie is going to be the greatest biopic yeah, director exactly. in the history of time. Um, but if we don't let him yeah, give him a like, chance to it do is, it, how, it is how funny because I, I tend to have sort of, I don't know. I, I'm, I need to make more stuff so that way I can get more of a identity. But so far in my own career, like with the stuff I've done, it's been sort of at least visually dark, you know, like in its aesthetics, if not thematically, um, certainly different mm-hmm. than what people are doing. But my goal as an artist is always to change people's expectations of me or to, if they think that I'm doing one type of thing is to change it up, you know? So try to, yeah, you try to stay one step ahead of their expectations, which do something completely uh, different. That's just something to not, maybe not really a question, but just kind of a topic is sort of the, how you're able to do what you love, but also stay one step ahead of what people would expect of you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it says, I like it. <laughs> and uh, next, I see that uh, you uh, pl- uh, played a detective as the return <laughs> of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. I imagine that you pr- uh, probably based him off of Basil Rathbone, correct? A little, little bit of uh, Basil, a little bit of, a bit more so uh, Peter Cushing and Hound of the Baskervilles. And then um, gotcha. I do love uh, Stevens, Robert, is it Robert Stevens in the Billy Wilder movie? And um, funny enough, Charlton Heston actually played him in on stage and in uh, a TV movie. So like there's a, a bit of a lot of <laughs> uh, sources that I pulled from. Um, but that, that, was, that movie really belongs to the woman because we have a female Watson, Dr. Watson in that, which is either you, you go for it or you don't. And there's so many fans of mine. He's like, you can't have a female Watson. I'm not going to watch it. I was like, that's your choice. But you know, I think she's, well, she that, steals that entire movie. That Her name's show, Bessie Nellis. Uh, elementary. And, I can't um, remember which fantastic one is which, actress. Uh, if it's, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought there was a, I thought there was a precedent the, yes, for it the, now. The Watson. So, uh, not exactly. Yes, but there, there's you know you'll find those people who are like, no, I need Sherlock to be blah blah blah. I need this, that this. I will not watch yeah. any female Watson. Well, it's like, okay, people, you people you well, stay in your nineteenth century hole. It, it's so again the whole like audience expectations, and you can't please everyone or anyone or anyone anymore. But it's like um, you know, okay, so we're mm-hmm. gonna we you know one side of the aisle says we don't have enough diversity or enough women in cinema okay then we put you know like with the force awakens that first trailer you have uh um what's his face uh as the stormtrooper uh i'm feeling bad i'm blanking on his name and then the whole other side of the internet's like you can't have a black stormtrooper you can't do this Or, or like you know oh ray is such a strong female character or oh she's a mary sue she's overpowered she's this so it's like again, it's like I don't know. It's just like Mary there's no Sue, right answer, yeah. and uh, basically, which again, it just goes back to the same moral we've been harping on: is just do what you believe exactly. in. I and I obviously I'm I'm on the side of the more uh, different kinds of people that you can 
give a voice to the better. I mean, it, everything as appropriate, of course, because if you do any one thing too much, then it loses its significance. Um, so it's it's all about to me. It's all about varying it up and making it such that oh, yeah, yeah. you don't know quite what to expect from your casting, your story, your style, or anything. Um, yeah, because if if the mandate became okay, we have to have this type of person in this role, whatever it was, and that would be problematic. And I think, I mean, not to go off on this discussion, but I think you're right in that it's almost become a cliche that we need to have such not that i mean i divide diversity is fantastic and everything but it's like it's almost like when you see diverse like the the disney color-coded it's like we have every single it's almost i don't even know where i'm going with this where it's it's almost you can see it loses its power when you do it every does i mean i don't even any one type of person any one type of story any anything that becomes a mandate or becomes a trend it kind of loses its specialness over time Without something else being put in there to help vary it up, there you go. You know, it's it's a li- it's well, it's a little bit like how the um, the all female comedy yes. was really fresh with uh, bridesmaids, and then that kind of became its own subgenre, and you got a lot of imitators, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is getting old, and it's sort of undercutting the me- well, it's undercutting the what made the original special and the kind of female Perfect. empowerment yes. aspect uh, from the. Ex- well, a really that's great movie exactly. was made well, and everybody's going to follow just, uh, it's suit. Not okay, just let's, like, let's see you know, how many variations of comedies. this. It's not, <laughs> I mean, you can make the same argument with superhero movies. You can say the same about 50 science fiction movies or, uh, seven, 70s or especially 80s slasher films anything that becomes popular one oh, time yeah, yeah. everybody's got to jump on it it loses its specialness it just particularly hurts people when it involves uh, people of a specific race or gender seeking representation and then people construe it in all kinds of ways that may be positive they may be negative or all those things at the same time and it just, I don't know, but it's it's mostly a sign of the times, and that's the sad part is when you drag movies into uh, this kind of culture divide that we have, and it's like it's not the movie's fault; it's the fact that people on the internet just like to start fights with each other, basically. But again, but again, that goes back to just make the film that you believe in and make it the way you want to make it. And yes. if anyone doesn't like it, then that's their own loss. <laughs> Very well put. Very well put. <laughs> uh, next, I see that you were uh, involved in uh, a short film called The St. Augustine Monster. Yes. And that that I <laughs> had never seen, oh. and you'll, you'll both hate me for this, I had never seen The Cabinet of Dr. Which, Caligari up until which, that which point. Which not, 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 uh, not, not and, to get too far afield. I mean, it's too far afield, but my... Go, um, sorry, go. Have you seen college? My last film in college, it uh, was at least stylistically was heavily influenced by the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. But go go ahead. I will send it to you uh, after we're done. Oh, I, I'd love to see that. 
Um, please, yes, I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we watched it in class, and I seem to be. It was like a nine a.m. class, and it was Professor Ziliak, one of my favorite professors, and she she was actually in. Uh, she was the maid in. Uh, I'm blanking on the maid's name in Sherlock Holmes, and um, Mrs. Hudson. She was Mrs. Hudson in my Sherlock Holmes movie. Anyway, she showed us. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and it was 9 a.m., and I want to say... Amy Zillax. I'm saying again? Amy Zillax. Yes, Amy Zillax. Fantastic lady, teacher, saint. And everyone in the class, I'd say, was half asleep, and I was off to the side having my mind blown by this film. And luckily it was on Netflix at the time. And I went home and watched it three times that day. I was like, what am I watching? This is amazing. And so that summer (laughs) we shot the St. Augustine monster in two weeks in one room and it was all done with cardboard and we painted the backdrops and it was, it's very stylistic, super, it's the the most stylistic thing I've ever done. And it's, it's a silent movie. It's only like 17 minutes long. And I'm very proud of it. It's it's uh, been accepted into a few festivals, but that's, that's that's like my strangest, most original film, I think. And it's based on in 1896, 1897. There was this giant piece of something washed onto the beaches of St. Augustine, Florida, and no one knows what it is. People, I think it's been confirmed to be like a giant piece of whale blubber, but people thought it was an octopus, and then I just that was all I needed. As soon as I heard there was an octopus, I made it my own. But uh, <laughs> um, that's a true story. Something washed up on in Florida, and no one knows what it is. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, th- was that filmed in New York, or was that filmed in Texas? No, that, that was on my summer vacation back here home in, in Texas. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, and then um, – uh, I see that you did another uh, airplane movie. Uh, might be uh, the Alpha Omega Man, or was that more of an I Am Legend type? Oh no, that was that was I Am Legend. That was okay. that was my that was my final Pace University film, and I got to do it as uh, for credit because that was my our final. We had to make a final film, and uh, it was it's my version of the Omega Man with Charlton Heston, even though there is a bit of last man on earth and a bit of the book thrown in for good measure. But, um, for some, like, again, I retreated back into my Charlton Heston, uh, airport fanaticism. And I've always loved the Omega man. So it was our little tribute to the Omega man. And my sister plays the Matthias, the evil bad guy who's supposed to be played by a guy, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but she plays the, the, the evil one. And, uh, that's on YouTube. Um, that one's fun. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, a, you can see the trend of like what, whatever I'm interested in at the time is usually what's going to end up in the film. And, uh, <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun. Awesome. And uh, where was that uh, uh, filmed, by the way? That was that was uh, at Pace. That was, that was completely in New York. And we lucked out because I found out in downtown, there's a corner of downtown Manhattan that around sunrise on a Sunday morning, there's no one out. So we shot almost all of the film 
at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings, just when it just looks like it's barren. And we got some great, great footage of an empty New York City and me just nice. walking around looking like the last man on earth. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, how was uh, – uh, now, did you have a premiere for that? or um... Yes. we. Uh, I lucked out that at the, the end of the year screenings, we, there's always an end of the year their, uh, premiere for all of the little short films that are made. And they agreed. They usually don't show feature-length uh, films, but they agree, since it was my last I, – I literally – we had the premiere and the day after I was on a plane back to Texas. So that was like my final night. And uh, we were lucky enough to have it. We had it in the Schimmel Center, which is where they filmed. They film um, inside the actor's studio. So that was, that was awesome. And we had it on a big screen. and the, the, All my friends were there. It was That was another great, great premiere. That was a lot of cool. fun. All righty. And then uh, next, uh, I see uh, you did uh, Theseus and the Minor uh, Tour. I know you mentioned it through, uh, throughout, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, uh, now, from what I understand, uh, it is now for sale at uh, Alpha New Cinema? Yes, it's on uh, oldies.com. That's their website. And uh, like I said, that that's my Ray Harryhausen tribute. Um, my My entire family's in it. Uh, my dad plays kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi character for Theseus, and I'm the evil king, and get to attack people and hypnotize the princess, and uh, it's 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 an old it's sword and sandal people, fantasy being film. A mad king. It's, it, that that like one's fun. I had a lot, of, a lot of fun doing that. Um, I sure do. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> you You know exactly what I'm talking about, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the life. Now, from what from what I understand, you just recently had an indie Indiegogo campaign for a new film, um, yes. which which is uh, which you mentioned the Gorgon as your favorite fi film. So, uh, if this is uh, supposedly going to be your true, uh, uh, shall I say, uh, homage. To the Gorgon, oh, correct? Definitely, definitely. If my Night of Medusa wasn't enough, I had to, you know, make a whole other movie just to show how much I freaking love the Gorgon. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, this one, this one is probably going to be the most important movie I make in my life. Maybe I mean, just person from a personal standpoint, because I have Martine Beswick, as I mentioned before, she was the great love of my life. Caroline Monroe, who was in Golden Voyage of Sinbad, and she's, I mean, the first lady of fantasy is her nickname. She's in At the Earth's Core with Peter Cushing. She's in The Spy Who Loved Me with Roger Moore. Um, she's in a whole ton of stuff. Um, Veronica Carlson, who was in Dracula Has Risen from the Grave and Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, respectively, and Christopher Neem who was Johnny Alucard in Dracula AD 1972. And he played the devil opposite Chuck Norris in this movie, Hellbound, uh, which is just cool to say that. And they're all going to be in this movie, House of the Gorgon, with me. And um, it's a tribute to all things Hammer, a bit of Universal thrown in. Um, it's it's quite, quite, the, quite the step. Sounds like it's the best of both worlds. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
definitely, so, um, definitely. When does uh, when do you uh, begin production on that? Um, and where are you going to be filming we, that? We're shooting all here in South Texas, all over the place, um, and. We've, I mean, production has already not principal photography, but the sets are already being built. Um, on the Facebook page, I, I post uh, the, the, the we have this giant staircase that is being built. We have this nice Dracula like uh, dining room for the castle. I have um, my a few good friends of mine. One of them being Hector, my friend Hector Nunez. He's painting all these lovely portraits that are going to go on the walls, and we have a lovely Vincent Price portrait that's going to go up, and just like little tribute. I mean, if you can tell anything from this conversation, I love tributes to all other stuff. So there's Vincent Price is going to be on the wall. Peter Cushing is going to be on the wall on a painting. Christopher Lee's off in a corner. It's I mean, characters are named after characters. We have shots replicating shots it's 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 quite gonna be uh a little nerve-wracking a little you know heart stopping but uh well, it, it should be definitely it's gonna, gonna be have a little, a little bit uh, more of a budget this time around uh, so. oh uh, yes. now are you still accepting donations mean? from people or uh um yeah i mean the indiegogo uh just stopped uh a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, but I mean, if anyone is interested, they can contact me and we can set up something. I had a, a friend of mine. I mean, we were friends now, but he lives in Hong Kong and he couldn't do uh, Indiegogo from Hong Kong. And we found a way he emailed me was very kind. And he ended up wiring me a few thousand dollars and he's associate producer on the film now because of it. But, uh, he, we found a way through, um, Western Union to wire me money, so there's there's still ways. <laughs> if anyone's interested, they still can. But uh, yeah, we raised a nice little tidy eventually sum. Eventually, I'm gonna well, not, maybe not now, but eventually, I'm gonna want to ask you about um, uh, so, uh, distribution, funding, and name actors in your movies, um, as well as like physical media kind of stuff. But we'll get there. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you were going to ask okay. Before, um, but okay. Go ahead and ask them. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's uh, just start from first off. Yeah. <laughs> so typically, sure. how have you pursued funding for your films? Because I know that you had the Indiegogo for this one, but then how has it been for the other ones? Yeah. I mean, basically, I've there's been no funding for any of them. <laughs> I mean, to be, to be really blunt, I mean, this is like my first budget to actually have, I'd say cumulatively. I mean, we talked all of them, I mm -hmm. mean, 15 films, I'd say all of them combined. The budgets were not more than five grand, all of them together. It's like insane. I mean, all these people are volunteering their yeah. time. They bring in their own costumes. Well, I, I, we find costumes there, at like, Goodwill. Um, if anything, we'll buy a Halloween costume. But um, um, Inspired by Captain yeah. Dr. Caligari, partially. The total budget of that film was $400, and it doesn't at all look like a full... Like it, it looks like it was a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. um, which, again, just for anyone who's listening, that goes back to you can have a little bit of money and extend it quite a long way if you know what you're doing oh definitely and i think uh i mean i have some friends who to say that 
uh, my friend Bill Black, another he's a good, great filmmaker, a good friend of mine, and he says that Josh, I hope you never get a real budget because you'll lose all your creativity if you have a million dollars. And I think there's well, some truth well, to that. I mean, the, Floyd the, was Floyd having, was. I mean, I don't even thing. know what I would yeah, do with a million thing. dollars. He was like, but, if you, uh, I was given like the, the lack of the I mean, like you, that like most said, movies the, the, have, I would go ahead, go ahead. use it to make a ton of movies instead of one big one. Exactly. Yeah. It's like with a million dollars, we could make a million movies. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but like, like you said, with, with 400, $400 goes a long way if you know what to do with it. It is. Well, part, a lot of and where it's, the it's money goes a, a lost, days, yeah, a lost art movies, to, a to stretch a dollar to, nowadays. Well, the star salaries towards a lot of pre, uh, well, the, a lot of the times they're able to secure it all with, um, any kind of, yes. uh, pre-selling or whatever. Um, but a lot of the times it's just – I think there's just a lot of not only the stars' fees you have to think about, but just kind of the redundancies mm-hmm. of you know too much crew, um, you know, just like shooting for more days than you necessarily need. Directors who are not terribly disciplined or economical, yes. and so they run everything really long or – you know, just things like that. There's a lot of, from what I understand from kind of looking into that, um, into the way that it works, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of waste, a lot of needless overhead that you don't need, you know, all that kind of stuff. With the big exception of like horror films, which to this day, generally speaking, have kind of the best overall spend relative to what their return on investment is. Um, you know, so it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing to think about um which then oh yeah so you got funding so actors obviously um like you said just people that you know um except for this latest one which is it because of just connections that you had that you were able to get people interested did you have the indiegogo first and then they got interested how did that work Oh no no no! I mean, I I've been like I said, Martine and I we we we've become good friends over the past four or five years, and it was like the the music video we did, and then every time she because she lives in the UK, every time she would come back to the US, we would make another music video, and it became almost like a, a recurring theme, and then it was just like it was the next logical step is like we've made these little videos on no time on no budget. Why don't we just you know it make the big one and caroline and martine are super close and then with them i got to meet veronica and it it, it all it all fell into place because they're all they're all good friends and extremely blessed that it worked out i'm i'm glad that you uh, you're able to achieve some of your uh, dreams in this retrospect because uh i mean there's not a lot of young um people out there who uh, who seem to have your kind of interests uh, yeah. per well, se, I, I up actually, on you know, what's funny like, is uh, I was uh, looking on Amazon just now. Some of us have, and, and uh, uh, I had run into your. Well, uh, this does lead into my next question, but um, I had found unknowingly, I had found your films just on Amazon, like from like on DVD, just linked from you know some other thing I was looking at, and I like the post. Well, I like the poster art because I was like, oh, that's cool, it's retro, and. Uh, that's what I grew. That's the kind of stuff I grew up with. Oh, sweet! Um, 
which then leads into the next question of how do you uh, secure distribution? Because like looking at the, um, just right in front of me, looking at Attack of the Octopus People, for example, it's a double feature with Frankenstein versus Hitler, which that sounds pretty cool. Um, that one's that one's distributed by Alpha Home Entertainment, and I think the other ones are too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but so how <laughs> how do you uh, how are you able to uh, secure f- distribution for your films? That's correct. Well, I mean, luckily, I've uh, the tit- and the real quick, I've never, I actually have never seen Frankenstein versus Hitler, say. so I can't vouch for it. <laughs> I mean, after all these years, I've never actually watched the double feature. I, be- I believe it's, it's a yes. short uh, film. I watched it, and uh, I guess uh, for for its black and white. If only uh, Alien versus Predator had an tagline, whoever film, wins, so. we, we lose. Oh, well, thank you. I know. <laughs> that would have been a great tagline. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Missed opportunities. Um so uh, to answer your question, Dane, um, I lucked out with Attack the Octopus People because they were so enthusiastic for this little fifteen-year-old's crappy little movie, and they were they said people need to see this. Fans of the original stuff will, the original classics will will really enjoy this, and they've been extremely kind and generous, and I've had nothing nothing but good things to say about them, and they've. They've uh, released basically all of my stuff. Basically, all mm. the stuff that I can release, um, the stuff that I put on YouTube, I can't release on DVD because I don't have the rights to the music. And I'm a huge lover of film soundtracks, and I can't put airport an airport tribute without the airport could, music or a Dracula the, tribute um, without Dracula music. Hammer, I mean, that's me being selfish, the, but uh, um, they'll forever language uh, on, on YouTube. Music in there, which, uh, uh, if you did, if you had a composer, you know, if you had that, um, them do their own recording of it, that's obviously public domain, uh, music. So you could do that. I mean, that's what, uh, 1931 Dracula obviously did. Oh, Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've exhausted like the the, the public domain source files yeah. for a ton of stuff. But exactly. it, um, to to clarify, my the Dracula that I was going for was that that groovy hammered hippie Dracula. So, but I, I know what I know where you're going. Uh, I actually used Swan Lake in um, my Night of Medusa because it was kind of the same. She's definitely a reluctant possessed girl who might be medusa yeah. so well, and, swan and lake again kind of lloyd her. will confirm this and um, i will too tra- other people she's will, transforming the, into this the dark version of filmmakers <laughs> so. out there the public domain is your friend for sort well for for source material for music for video clips for anything oh and yes just, it, it is your friend <laughs> uh, and so how did you get in contact with those distributors were they people that you met or did you specifically look for 
uh, like Google distributors or how did that work for you? Well, it's um, super random that because I had Alpha Entertainment releases a lot of speaking of public, it's a perfect segue, a lot of public domain, the $5 DVDs types, because I mean, they, I had their house on Haunted Hill, I had their last man on Earth, and just a bunch of Nosferatu. Um, and in one of their, it's a funny story, in one of their DVDs that one of their uh, packages inside was a slip that had this coming soon from alpha blah 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 blah. and it, at the bottom it said if you have a film that might be that might be of interest if you think alpha could release it please send it our way and the, and that's 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 how it all began i was like well they 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 release old vincent price movies they release all the, these old classics that i like maybe they'll be the people who would enjoy attack the octopus and they did and they've been my distributor ever since and uh -huh. uh, so I, <laughs> I guess I don't, I'm not the best to say to, for advice on, on, on uh, where to, how to find a distributor because I, well, I, I lucked not, out um, with, with that. I've actually had an interview with another uh, Alpha New Cinema uh, director, which you might know him, Ansel Barrage. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So, uh, so I actually had an interview with him last year, um, and uh, uh, he kind of said something of the similar nature, and uh, uh, that uh, he uh, uh, that he saw the same <laughs> slip in one of his DVDs or yeah. whatnot, and just ended up, you know, submitting it, and they ended up wow. uh, it, it, it getting his stuff on there. So uh, I I figured. Uh, um, uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll send you a link to that uh, that interview as well because that one was an interesting one too. So yeah, uh, I, I'd but love to hear uh, it. in any case, uh, I appreciate your time and uh, whatnot. Uh, hopefully, uh, you definitely have a lot more in store for us. You're not done with films, uh, at least that that. Uh, oh, for uh, sure. So. Um, Appreciate your uh, appreciate your candor and uh, being able to come on and uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, your time with us. Um, uh, oh no, I had a, had a blast. Uh, Thank you both. It was, it was, it's always fun. To, oftentimes ahead, I bring Dan yeah, here because then he can that's, learn. That's precisely uh, why I was asking you the, those questions, and I, I sent you a friend request just now on uh, oh, Facebook. I, I was learning from him more there, and I can show you my work. Because uh, yeah, I I I come from the from the old school as well. Um, Sweet, yeah, so yeah. I, I can relate. But yes, yeah, I'd I, love to see your. I'm always really curious about. Well, a I like to give and Sweet. get the director's perspective, but also um, I always like to know how people manage to do distribution and funding because that's sort of where I'm trying to get at uh, these days. Which um, luckily. Some of my next things are uh, going to have some decent distribution, uh, at least for this juncture. But um, you know, just one thing at a time. Exactly. Awesome. That's. I mean, that's all Alrighty. we can do. Well, I'm going to wrap this up here, and uh, um, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, tell the audience once again. Um, 
where you can find your uh, films again, uh, just to clarify it. And, uh, and then um, so, uh, uh, we somewhat go through uh, uh, a little litter of uh, things that we, uh, we are part of ourselves at the end here. So um, go ahead and tell us, uh, uh, tell us where we can find your stuff. And uh, then I'll go to Dane here and then I'll, uh, I'll go. So, Sure. All right. So um, Joshua Kennedy, Man of the Arts, is the Facebook page. Um, if you type Joshua Kennedy film into Google, it's, it's a bunch of stuff will come up. There's Joshua Kennedy on YouTube, uh, where you can see some of the films I have on YouTube. And then oldies.com is uh, the distributor. Uh, that's Alpha's distributor. Awesome. So. Cool. And uh, definitely ch- uh, keep a lookout for House of the Gorgon right. from him, well, uh, so, uh, ladies Dane and gentlemen. Kyle. So, I'm an independent uh, Dane, why don't director you tell us a little bit of, about uh, Charlotte, North Carolina for the present time. And uh, let's see, I've got a, the film I was talking about earlier is called Eternus, and it's uh, it has been in rotation on the American Horrors Roku channel. It was in the American Horrors Film Festival and a couple other festivals. Um, let's see, I've got another short film called The Big Blind, which will be coming out finally in uh, February of this well, this month. Um, and then uh, what else? I've got a couple, many projects in the works. I've got this month, this year is going to be a really productive year for me. And um, I can talk about them more as uh, more information becomes available to the public. But uh, rest assured that there's going to be a lot of upcoming output from me. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to see kind of my own growth as an artist. Awesome. And uh, I am your host. Uh, I am uh, David Streggy. I run Movies Galore Milwaukee, which is a group as well as a blog where I write from. And I am also a small time uh, producer in my own right. Um, one of the films that uh, I will have coming out is uh, uh, I worked with uh, Brad Twig on Wrestle Massacre, uh, which uh, will be coming out sometime this year. Um, uh, also, I'll probably be receiving a Friday the 13th fan film called Friday the 13th Legacy later on this mm-hmm. uh, this week that I well, inc- was a somewhat Including the one that of, I'm working uh, on uh, putting at the moment, money into uh, fan films. That, so, uh, that, well, that one I can uh, talk about uh, it is on IMDb, but uh, it uh, is a Harley Quinn fan yeah. film, which will be cool. Yeah. And... Um, Yep, I'll be mm-hmm. pr- uh, helping produce uh, several uh, several short films with, uh, uh, through uh, through Dane here. So uh, 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 so definitely check the, uh, uh, those out. I just got a, a film mm-hmm. that I put uh, uh, that I uh, helped produce uh, today called Witch Town. So I'm definitely going to check that out soon. So in any case, uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, Everyone out there who is listening has enjoyed uh, our interview uh, with uh, Joshua Kennedy here, and uh, hopefully uh, you enjoy uh, uh, whatever night's festivities that you have. uh, What if they're listening while they're in space? Why why are you being prejudiced against (laughs) these people? You are are so insensitive. Ooh. I, am and I so, guess I am they'll so be enslaved. 
<laughs> well, I guess uh, you'll have to uh, speak to your uh, psych uh, uh, psychologist. I need, a, I, need, I need my therapy uh, dogs uh, and my coloring you, books because you, I'm uh, triggered right now. Once you find a way out of your mental room, and any case. Mm. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, we we have to tell you those coloring books. Uh, those were paint by number. Anyways. <laughs> Everyone who is listening, enjoy. Uh, have a great evening. Who is it? It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, well, what about the money? What money? Well, you'd have to pay for your pizza, sir. That effect. How much do I owe you? Uh, that'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Cheapskate. Hey, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. <laughs>